Good to see all of you. Glad you're here. Glad people are getting better and better as the uh, weeks are going on. So uh, some of you are really into reality TV shows, huh? Uh, you know, I, I dip and dab here and there, but uh, I know there was one I caught, uh, it's probably like a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and it was, uh, I think it was called Undercover Boss, that's the name of it, and, uh, and if you, if, well, what the show is about, for those who aren't familiar with it, at least what I kind of glean into it, is they uh, take the uh, president or CEO, uh, owner of, like, you know, large corporations, where that employ tens of thousands or thousands of people, and they have that, you know, president, CEO, uh, come and and uh, and take an entry level position, uh, alongside maybe you know supervisor or foreman, and uh, and amongst other workers, and then they kind of and, and they get into it from there, um, and then of course at the end, you know, the person he or she reveals themselves and. You know, there's the drama. Well, this one episode that I happened to catch was, uh, I think it was Waste Management was the company, and the CEO, president, owner, uh, comes in and takes an entry-level position, and, and, and he now is going to be working at one of their plants, and he comes alongside a guy there that's been working there for like 15 years, and, and the guy really turns, although some workers in these episodes, I imagine, are like complaining about the company, the boss thinks, <laughs> you know. Uh, in this case, and, and I've, you know, the, the employee was really speaking well about the company, really glad to be working there. And, and he really was diligent about how he worked and, and had strong principles. Uh, and, and so he'd be teaching, the, you know, the entry-level employer slash CEO how to do something, you'd be like, yeah, no, no, it's just, you, you don't want to do it that way because then there's going to be problems for somebody else. And, and you know, now, no, no, you, you, you want to do it this way because we, we really try and do things as best we can here. You know, we're, we're, you know, we want to be a good reflection on, you know, on, on what we do. And so after, a, you know, a couple of days, he's like, I don't know, man, you're just not picking it up. I don't know if you're going to make it here, really. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, look, I'll give you one more chance, you know, I'll give you, you got to follow what I'm telling you. And in the midst of this, you know, you know, the, you know, as scripted, the CEO is kind of provoking conversation and comes to, comes to find out that the guy's working. He's trying to save some money because uh, he wants to, you know, put his daughter into a certain college, so on and so forth. And then at the end of the kind of the show, the CEO reveals himself to this, to this employer, says, hey, you know, this is who I am. And he's like, whoa. He goes, well, I guess maybe I won't fire you, <laughs> right? And then, and then the CEO says, no, no, it's, it's really been great. And, uh, and, and then the CEO says, you know, I'm going to pay for your daughter's college. And he, he pays for the guy's daughter's college. And then he says, it's really good to kind of come alongside of you, side of you and see what goes on here. So this is what we're doing here in a way with this I Am series. You see, this series is about a God who's created the world and he sustains the world. He, he, he's over all of humanity. And then God becomes flesh in Jesus Christ and comes down and comes alongside men and women. And Jesus does this, just does this because Jesus wants everyone to know who he is, who Jesus really is. There's a lot of thoughts and opinions about who Jesus is, maybe more so than any other figure in the history of the world. And I'll hear somebody talking, they're like, well, I don't believe in that Jesus. I'm like, well, I don't believe in that Jesus either. Well, I don't believe in that God. I'm like, well, I don't believe in that God either, right? Who Jesus is. That's what these I am statements 
are about. They're bold, they're audacious, a little confusing, but at the end of the day, Jesus says, this is who I am. These are the signature statements, if you will, of Jesus Christ. So today we'll be in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, and the Bible is, you know, it's just, it's one great story, uh, though it's broken out into like this Old Testament all that happened in, in, in the history of the, of the nation of Israel and their relation with God before Jesus was born. And then the New Testament is from the birth of Jesus Christ, the establishment of the church as we know it, you know, on. And the Gospel of John is four books in the Gospel of John, four Gospels. It's the fourth one. Now, here in the Gospel of John, in verses 7 and 9, Jesus makes a statement. He says, I am the door. It's funny because of all the things you might hear as somebody who's been in my church a while, you might not recall that. Even Chris was like, did, did he say he was a door? I'm like, yeah, man. He said he was a door. She's like, really? I don't know. And somehow that didn't stick with me. We were driving here. She's like, what are you preaching about today? I'm like, Jesus is the door. She's like, what do you mean he's the door? I'm like, yeah, he's the door. Come on. It says it in John, right? Look, and you, you know, and when you hear that, you're like, yeah, Jesus is the door. Like, yeah, yeah, hallelujah, you know, like, like, amen. It's like, yeah, Jesus is like a chair, a plant. Like, where did he come up with this? John chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Jesus says, truly, truly, some of your Bibles might say verily, verily. What, what he's doing here is he's saying, hey, and, and Jesus has done this before. When he's talking, he's saying, focus on me right now. Pay close attention to what I'm telling you. I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So the words here, thief, robber, when, when they were written in the original language, the Greek, what, what those Greek words meant, we attached the words thief and robber, but thief, what that word meant was someone who was like scheming, uh, trickery type of a person, and, 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 and robber was like, described somebody who'd be violent, who, who would impart violence on another person. And Jesus goes on to say in verse two, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So now Jesus is teaching, he's tossing out a very deep teaching here, which is the door is the proper way in, right? Yeah, I bet you you never thought about that, that the door is the proper way to enter into a place, right? How did you get, how did you get in here today? You got in through the door, right? How will you leave today? You're, 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 you're there, man, we're on the same page, right? When you go home, how will you enter into your home? There you go, right? Nick's like, the door, the door, the door, the door, right? I mean, if, and, and Jesus, as you can see, is being very deep here. So if you're looking out your window, and you look at your neighbor's house across the street, across the yard, and you see somebody climbing into the window, and you don't, you realize that that's not your neighbor from the backside ways down, and you think, okay, it's probably a thief, huh? Maybe I'll call the cops, huh? Maybe something, something you know, is, something wrong is going on. Jesus says, whoever does not enter the sheep pen gate by, by the gate, but climbs in another way, but comes in another way, that's a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper, he opens it up. Jesus is teaching that the proper way in is through the door. You come in another way, it's not good. He's calling our attention to something. Jesus is saying, and here's what he's saying. And it's somewhat out of a controversial concept in what we call Christianity. Jesus is saying here, I am the only way into the presence of God. It's me. I am it. Huh? 
and, and, and I struggle with this in my years of, you know, thinking of, you know, coming to Christ or, you know, moving into, you know, following God. I did. Like, you know, why is Jesus the only way, huh? Can there not be other ways? And he says, I am the door, and the door is the only way in for you and I as followers of Jesus Christ to enter into the presence of God, to have the forgiveness of God, to have the mercy of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the joy of God. Jesus is the only way in. And, you know, I remember uh, when I was driving in New York City, one time I wasn't driving, I was actually in a cab, a taxi, and I'm chatting with the taxi driver, I'm probably a couple of years into faith, and we start talking about God, and uh, he says, you know, the way, the way I see it is that, you know, like right now I'm taking you somewhere, we're driving to a destination, and we're going one way. He said, but there are other ways to go there, we're just going one way. He goes, and that's how I kind of see heaven. You know, this heaven, it's a, it's a place, but there are different ways to get there. There are, there are different gods to believe in, to get there. Now, that sounds nice and simple because it is nice and simple, right? Uh, you know, on the surface. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, that would be untrue. And I say that for a reason, because I do think that there are those who profess to Jesus being their Lord and Savior, and they somewhat kind of embrace or adopt that, or, or, or will, you know, kind of somewhat entertain that. And, and it's really not what God would have you do, because Jesus is saying, I am, the, I am the door. I am the way. Through me is how you come into the presence of God. Huh? And, and by the way, speaking pragmatically, you know, apart from the scriptural truth, if you were to turn around and try and live that out, you know, that there are, you know, different ways you know, meaning, forget about you looking at other people, but just if that's what you believe, they call you whether there are other ways to go to heaven. And I, from what I've observed, those who live out faith in God that way and in Christ, it, it tends to be very simplistic and very ambiguous because that's not a God and an eternity that really is going to impart hope to you. That's not a God that you can truly just pour your trust into. That's not a God that you're going to flip your life over and surrender to. Because it's kind of ambiguous, isn't it? It's kind of like obscure, you know, like, so you're not going to just give all you have into that. And, 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 that's, how, and that's how I've seen it play out. You want a God that you can put your trust in, that you can give your life to, and that in that exchange, you're going to be filled with a life-giving hope and empowering way to live. That's going to be very encouraging. And the thing with Christ, unlike any other, if you will, way of approaching God or, or any professed deity, Jesus has been, Jesus has traveled the road, come to the end of the road, end of the road, and he's come back, right? So Jesus has been there, done that, gone there. He come back and saying, hey, I am the way, <laughs> Right? And by the way, I've made the way for you. And he says, follow me. Jesus goes on to say in verse 3, To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So what Jesus is saying here is the door is not only the way in, the door is also the way out. 
That's also really deep, isn't it, right? The door is not the way in only. It's also the way out. So you came in here through a door, and how are you going to leave? Through a door, right? Now, you can't leave through a window because we took all the windows out to make it look the way we wanted to and to control the lighting. We're control freaks here, and that's what we did. <laughs> look. And, and, and if you're hanging out at your friend's house and you have to leave through the window, that means you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, right? For many of us, we come to Jesus, meaning we, we have this authentic experience with God and us coming to faith in Jesus or having some experience with him. And, we, and in doing so, we come into the presence of God and we experience God's forgiveness and his grace. And that is the a beginning. And it's a phenomenal beginning. It's a beginning I hope one of you or more of you have today. But then we step out of that experience into life. And when we do so, we begin now. We've walked into the door. We walk out of the door. And now we begin to lead life in a manner that we're accustomed to, in a manner that we are used to leaning on. And, and we kind of come to a place of thinking, you know what, well, God is good with this. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm, I'm the door. I'm the shepherd. I, I want to, I've called you to follow me. So you walk in through the door and have that experience with me and come into God's presence. And then you walk out the door and you follow me, meaning I'm the shepherd. I lead you. I'm now going to lead your life. And we struggle with this, huh? And I speak to this in all, from all different angles. It's a, conflict, <laughs> it's a conflict we have, right? You know, we do want to, you know, navigate our life and, and to a, a, a large extent, and, and, and we're not going to trust in God. We're not really going to have Jesus lead us. So we're not necessarily walking out as God has called us to. God wants to lead you. He wants you to be his son and his daughter, uh, I think so many people get caught up right here in this place. They have that experience. It's authentic. It's wonderful. They have that moment. It's so valid. It's life-giving. And they step out, you know, they walk out the door and into life, and they like, whew, and they take it, you know, and, and not realizing that now they are living out life from their own structure, from their own systems, from how they've managed it, and man, it's just going to be a kind of a mix of what's always been. You know, it's going to, you know, on the surface, it's going to look different. But deep down, it's the same thing. Huh? And, and, and they're going to somewhat admirably try to manage that. And it's going to be okay. Right? I mean, you, you did a fairly decent job of keeping it together. But it's so far from what God really has for you. It's, it really does fall so far short of, of the one true God, the creator of heaven and earth, who's made you in his, him, in, in his image and what he intends, that you would come into his presence and know that and now come and live out from that and follow him as he leads you to where he would have you go, that now you would see him glorified in your life in a phenomenal way and know peace that's really beyond human understanding. Like you, you can't even, really, it's beyond your understanding until you experience it. And you'd know joy at such a great depth. So the Christian life is characterized by being led by God. And so I'd ask you this morning, is your life 
as a follower of Jesus, characterized by being led by God, by being led by the Spirit of God. So do you get up each day? It's a sincere question. And before you get going, do you say, Lord, my God, my Father, Jesus, I'd like you to lead me today. It's a great, I, you know, I do my best that before I get out of bed, before my feet hit the ground, I've said this before, I make some kind of, you know, connection with God and, and talking to God. You know, just Jesus, I need you for the day. Jesus, be with me today. Let me trust in you. God, just lead me today. Guide me today. Let me be sensitive to you today, oh God. And I, and I got to do it quickly because my mind is just, like I wake up and the thoughts are flying. Bomb, 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 bomb. They're flying in. Some of them are like, you know, kind of, you know, kind of neutral, just tasks. Some of them are not good. They're ungodly. I mean, it's just, it's just all over. And like, it's, and like, you know, sometimes the enemy is just preparing me for what he would have for the day. And I just got to just pause and just get to it, get ahead of it sometimes, preemptive and saying, no, no, here's where I'm going to try and dictate the narrative that goes on in my head today. God, lead me today. Yes? We come in through the door. Let us also walk out of the door, huh? That God would lead us. Now, for many of us, we struggle with this mindset. We do. Like I said, it, it's, it's hard, deeply hard to, to embrace this attitude. And, and in doing so, we, we tend to try and make ourselves look better than we are. You know, by, we do. In, in talking to ourselves, we will try and give ourselves a lot more credit than maybe we deserve and make our sound. We, make our, we talk to ourselves and make ourselves sound kind of very favorable. Huh? It's like, you know, like, like a resume, if you will. You know, if you've done a resume, uh, and so if you're like, you know, that's how resume works, right? They try and kind of exaggerate or expound to the greatest extent to make somebody look extremely favorable. So if you were like, a, you know, sorting or distributing mail on your resume, it would say, I was a systems operator, right? If, if you uh, did some word processing, you were a database manager, huh? If you were a janitor, you were a building systems engineer, Cool. If you're a pastor, you know, you're the president of a non-profit community-based organization, right? It just, I've actually said that, you know, just not having the energy to deal with, you know, what happens when I say in public that I'm a pastor, like I could be you know, on a plane somewhere or hanging out in the airport or, you know, and, I, you know, people start talking, you wind up in a group and like, what do you do? Oh, hey, somebody says, oh, so, so what are you doing? I'm like, you know, if I say pastor now, just the air is going to, I said this recently in a memorial service, the air just like sucks out of the area, yeah? And uh, so I'll just, I'll just say, oh, you know, yeah, I, I run a nonprofit community-based organization and something like that. I'm not lying, you know. <laughs> Look, uh, but we do that. We, we, we try in speaking to ourselves to justify, legitimize, placing trust in ourselves to lead our lives we can tend to make ourselves sound and look uh, maybe a, a whole lot better or, you know, than it all is, right? A very hard part of life is not so much walking in the door, it's walking out of the door, yes? The door is not only the way in, it's the way out when it comes to Jesus. Look at verse 5. Jesus says, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. He's talking about the sheep now. This figure of speech Jesus used with them 
but they did not understand what he was saying to them, right? <clears throat> They're like, okay, so, so what is he talking about? I mean, the, his father was like, you know, these bold, audacious, confusing statements. Like, what, what is he trying to tell us right now? What is he trying to teach us? Jesus is saying, when the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, they follow him. But they won't follow a stranger. Actually, they'll run away from the stranger. They'll flee the stranger. Now, Jesus is teaching this. This is what he's teaching me about. This is all about what he's teaching, is that the door is about relationship. The door is all about relationship. If Jesus is the way in and Jesus is the way out, then all of this is about relationship with God. That's what Jesus, and, 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 and this is something that all those at that time and that day and age, this was beyond what they could comprehend. They, they never even fathomed having this deep, intimate, close relation with God. Now, you and I both know that relationships are the most important thing in our lives. We might not always act that way, but truly, we believe it. We know it's true. Some of you might even despise that, that you know it's true. And you have that tension because relationships have failed you. They brought you pain. And, 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 but you need them, and you know that, so you despise that. And you might even use the term, I, I, I despise relationships. What you despise, if I would put it on you, is that tension that exists. Every one of us craves relationships because why? We were made in the image of God, and God is a relational being. The very core of who he is is relational. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let us make the world. Let us make men and women. When God said, let us make human beings in our likeness, he was speaking to let us make them to crave, to need relationships. Let us make them as relational beings. We are hardwired for relationships. The problem is, as you and I both know, a lot of pain, perhaps more pain than any other area, comes into our lives through relationships. And if you've had relationships, you've had pain, and that's because each one of us, you know, come into a relationship with baggage. It's true, and issues. I, I came into my relationship with Christy with our U-Haul truck, man, right? As she came to find out over the weeks and the months and, and, and the years. And, uh, and that truck's not empty yet, <laughs> but we're getting there, man. <laughs> Christy's trying and she's praying. Listen, you see, we crave relationships, but at the same time, we fear relationships. Or as I, maybe I should say, we, we fear trusting in relationships. Yeah. We do, and I, I see that. I, I, I was just speaking to somebody in, in, in the hub about this. I see, even, even in marriages, I see, wow, I think one of the dynamics here and how they're dancing is that they have yet to come to really trust in this relationship, and not even so much in each other, just in the relationship. And, and they don't realize that that's how we're dancing. That's how we're managing this thing, you know? trying to figure out and anticipate what this one's going to do, what that one's going to do, how that one's going to react, how this is going to react, how do I move this along, and, and yet never coming to that place of just, you know, trusting. And, and then thinking, okay, not only that I want to trust in this person, but I deeply want them to trust me, and I'm going to now act, communicate, and behave in a way to really build their trust in me and, and in this relationship as well. So kind of off track there. Listen, your relationship with God is what sets the tone for all your other relationships in life. 
Huh? When Jesus say the sheep know the shepherd's voice, they're going to automatically follow the shepherd. But when a stranger comes in and they hear the voice of the shepherd, they're, they're going to flee. They're going to take off. They're, they're going to get away. Listen, God sent his perfect son, Jesus Christ, who lived the perfect life to die on the cross and then was resurrected. He did that not to start a religion. He didn't. But to open up a door, a door for you, a door for me, a door for us, to ensure that we would have a relationship with him. No other quote-unquote religion, no other, you know, concept of faith even comes close to this. It, it, it's not even part of anything. It's not about Buddhism. It's not part of Islam. It's not part of Hinduism. But, but we have Jesus. And that through him we come into the presence of God. And we now have the opportunity to walk out that door and have relationship with the one true God. That's what, when we have our baptism, that's what we're celebrating I so encourage you to sign up for it. You're not, you're not changing religions because you're not, there's no religion here. Yeah. Well, sometimes we might act that way imperfectly, but it's certainly not our mission or our vision or our heart. We are about relationship because God is a God of relation. It, it's, you know, everything we do, we do to kind of create an experience here. We design it all for experience, but at the core of all that is, is relationship. With God and with each other, we, you know, to the extent that we know God, you know, vertically is to the extent that we can, you know, horizontally and, and laterally have relationship with each other. And that's what you're doing. You might not realize in your homes and in your marriages, you know, but to the extent that we do this intimately and honestly huh, and vibrantly is to the extent that we could do this. I promise you, because this is, this is the ultimate relationship right here. So when you're baptized, I saw Roy here today. Do you remember when Roy stuck the goldfish in the baptism tank in the, in the cinema? Yeah. <coughs> I didn't laugh. Remember when I saw him? I didn't laugh because they died. They died. They did. But well, in the cinema, you guys, when we baptize people, I'm going to go off track one more time. So when, you, when you're about, just so you know, when you're baptized here, the water is like room temperature, a little below. It's actually pretty decent. Uh, I stopped wearing the, uh, the wetsuits. Talk, talk about being cruel, man. It's selfish. In the cinema, it, the water was so cold. We went on like 500 feet of line, hose line, like dairy hose, to, uh, to a sprinkler, underground sprinklers. So when it would come out, it would be like, uh, like 30 degrees. It was like, really, it was terrible. And so I'd have like my, uh, my wetsuit on. I'd be hanging in there like, oh, cool, people coming in. <laughs> no, really, it's bad. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, it'll be okay. So they set it all up one morning. We're like, you know, 10 minutes from kickoff, and I come out there just to check some things out, and I see these goldfish, like, and so they put the goldfish in there within like a minute. Bam, 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 bam. So, yeah, yeah, goldfish abuse, man, abuse, huh? All right, where was I? Baptism. I'm supposed to encourage you to be baptized. So we, there'll be no uh, fish, rodents, or anything, you know, uh, in the water. But, but anyway, it's a time where you, you come and you, 
you just share it with people, friends and family, like, man, I've walked through the door, you know? Yeah. I, I'm following Jesus. I, I, I'm going underwater, you know, to, to begin now to move away from my past and my life of, you know, managing this, my way of doing this. Uh, those things that have held me down, I, I'm really burying being a slave to that, not dominating me, and I'm coming up now, and I'm walking through the door now to live life for Christ, huh? and for Jesus, huh? So, we, when we're, when we're a sheep and we're following Jesus, we recognize the imposters. You know, sheep, they say, and, and they've done this, they've experimented with this, where they've had someone mimic the voice of the shepherd to the sheep. And when they do this, never fail, the sheep go, like, literally go crazy. They scatter. They know it's an imposter. They know it. And they start running in a different direction. It, it blows their minds. They just know, like, yeah, sounds like our shepherd, but it's not our shepherd. You're trying to trick us. We're out of here. Wouldn't it be good if we were that smart? <laughs> first John chapter 4, verse 19 says, we love God because he first loved us. That's a powerful verse. What it means is God initiated the relationship that we have with him. And we now respond by looking to love him back. And what we say, what we think, what we do, right? In order to know the shepherd's voice, we got to know the shepherd's heart. And we want to know what the shepherd is saying, the word of God. God the Bible is not words about God. It's, it's words from God to us, his creation, you know, a lot of what's going on inside of our hearts and our minds, it's, it's kind of similar to like a, a political talk show. You might be watching one or two at 10 or 40 nowadays, right? And on, on these political talk shows, there's a, a number, a large number of opinions and perspectives. And in our culture, the way it works is the voice that's the loudest and talks the longest is the one that's heard, yes? Ironically, the Bible says, counterculture, that God speaks to us in a still small voice. For many of us, the way we've governed ourselves and in relationship that we have, we lean towards the voice that speaks the loudest and the longest, right? The one that makes a lot of noise. But that voice, that's not your shepherd. That's not your almighty God. God wants us to hear his voice, to be tuned into his voice in the midst of a lot of noise. And there is a lot of noise going on. In your heart, in my heart, there are things that are just screaming and clamoring for attention day to day. And there, there are ways that we look at the world and it kind of just amps that up. And yet God, through it all, is speaking to us. I believe that in a still small voice. I, I, I was talking to a a, a young man uh, this past week, and we were talking about this, how he had a, kind of expressed how God had a, he, he thought, he, he had some insight to, that he thought God was communicating to him, and he was spot on. And, and, and what I said was, you know, this happens, it's a beautiful moment, and yet it happens so often to people, but they're not sensitive enough to realize it. I do. I believe God is continuing, because he loves us, he wants to be in relationship, is continually in that still small voice speaking to us, showing us things, bringing things into our path. But we've got so much going on, and we're listening to the loud voices, and the clamoring voices, and the, and the incessant voices. 
But to hear that still small voice, wow, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. God is speaking to you. And he's, he has a voice and it says, I love you. I always have and I always will love you. Yeah, even though you've messed up, even though you might be sinning, uh, even though you make mistakes, I deeply love you. It's a voice that says, sure, your life is not where you want it to be, but guess what? I'm not finished with you yet. I got so, so much more to tell you, to speak into your life, to show you, to reveal to you. It's a voice that says, my grace is sufficient for you. Go, sin no more. Stop holding on. Stop navigating life that way. Don't think that's the only way you could do it. My grace is sufficient. It is, that was my challenge. I just couldn't let go. You just trust in God and believe because I have to see it. I have to feel it. I have to hold it. I got to control it. I got I to gotta know it's there. Trust nothing. Trust no one. Any system, any procedure, any instruction, any person. But God says, trust in me. My grace is sufficient. You see, the voice of God is so different than any other voice because it encourages us always and at the same time it challenges us right it does it's loving while still being honest and truthful it's a voice that builds us up right so much tears us down the louder the voice the more condemning the voice the more destructive the voice the more selfish the voice, the more gratifying the voice, you need to know that is not your shepherd. That is not your God. That is a thief. That is a robber. And it's, and the, and it's there to set you to a place of destruction. It really is. And it's loud and it's constant. And you need to pause and just listen to that still, small voice. Yes? Communication is the great facilitator of intimacy in, in every way, in every relationship. The more you pray to God, read his word. I was talking to one of my children this week. We were talking about praying, and I was like, you know, just sometimes it's good to just open up the word, read a few passages, and like I say, you know, just, just read them and pause and say, you know what? Just believe this is God's word. He's speaking to me right now. He's speaking to me. What is he saying to me when I read these words? Is he calling me to notice that I, I, I could be thankful for something? Is he calling me to a place of just, confession and asking forgiveness? Is he, is he calling me to a place of just rejoicing, you know, or, or being in awe of him? Is he calling me to just, just be still right now and just be sensitive and, and hear? Whatever it is, he's talking to me. Over time, in doing this, you become more and more familiar with that voice. Huh? So when you hear a voice screaming out in your head, and they do scream out, and they don't like to go away, huh? And that voice is telling you, you know, you're useless or you're inconsistent or you're a hypocrite or, you know what, you know, whatever you got going on here, you and I both know it's not sincere, it's not legit. So if it's not legit, don't expect really deeply that anything that's going to happen is going to be life-changing. Huh? Don't think that you really truly can trust in this because you and I both know that, you know, this, uh, this is very, very flawed. You know, it's a farce. It's a fraud. Don't listen to that voice. God knew you'd mess up. He knew you'd be inconsistent. God demonstrated his love for you and that as you were still sitting, Jesus died for you. No shock, man. 
You walk through the door, you experience God, you walk out the door, and you trust in God. That doesn't mean we're perfect. That means you're going to trust in God through it all. Today, you're going to say, that's not the voice of my heavenly Father. That's telling me, I'm a fraud. This is a fraud. I'm gonna... It's not. You know, you got to run from that voice. You know, I, I think I've said this before early on, uh, you know, when I was in a Bible college, so, you know, I, I decided to eventually to go to Bible college, and I had an experience kind of uh, in the spring, the first spring me and Chrissy were together, and it, it, uh, it kind of led me to want to go to Bible college. And so now the fall comes, I'm in Bible college. I had a really rough first semester, honestly. I was, like, in conflict. I was in the dean's office. I was getting letters in my mailbox. This sounds so silly and foolish, but it's just the truth. Um, I was like 29 years old. It, it, it was really, I, I, I quit like 20 times and not to quit. Only because I'm thinking, man, I quit it so much in my whole life. And, and I didn't trust myself. I was so confident each time. This, this is not for me. I should not be doing this. This one's a jerk. This one's it. This one's an idiot. This is a hypocrite. This one, this guy's demonic and he's possessed. And he was demonic and possessed, by the way. They dragged him out at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Like, <laughs> so it's a great story, man. I got to tell you. God is good, man. But only each time to say, you know what, man? This is my voice, Dave. This is what you've been doing all along. Hold, hold, right? So, uh, you know, <coughs> one, uh, one night, you know, Bible college was very strict. Uh, guys' dorms here, girls' dorms here. You can only walk to a certain point past the line. It was like maybe 50 feet from the door. The, you know, the girls' dorm, I'd sneak past the line and throw things. In. I'd have a ball with that, man. Uh, hence the letters in my box. <laughs> uh, and uh, me and Chrissy aren't doing well. Well, I'm not doing well. And uh, I'm really going off. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm getting intense. I'm upset with this thing called Christianity. I'm upset with people. You know, I'm really, I'm just really bothered. I'm really upset. And I'm going off on the whole thing. Christianity, people, churches, pastors, just, just really. I'm hitting it from all angles. And then, I, you know, we leave. And she's like, well, you know, I'll pray for you. I'm like, just really, no, just don't, don't, <laughs> you know. And don't go and pray with any of your friends for me either. Don't do that. I was on, and she did, and I got so angry with her, you know. Because she had done it before, actually, and I gave her a hard time about it. I don't want anybody to know my business. And so now I go up the stairs, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I'm sitting in my room, and I'm like, you know what? I got, I got, and I'm like, I want to tear in. I want, I want more, because that's just how my nature would be. You know, that's just how I was. You know, the voices would come, to th- and I would just keep going. It's something, in, you know, I would just keep going. And I go to the go, and that was what a day. Thank God we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> this thing would be dumb, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I go to the payphone, and somebody's on it. Thank you, God, that somebody was on that payphone. And, uh, and then I go back to my room, and, uh, and I sit there, and, and the thoughts are coming. And all of a sudden, I said before, a couple of thoughts come in, and I'm like, Man, I messed up, but I'm not that messed up. <laughs> like, where, where did that even come from? It was so warped. Like, I, I had never even thought of her that way. And, and I'm like, you know, that, that's not like even me like five years ago. This is, that was so sick. And I just knew, man, this, 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 this is demonic. This is evil, man. This is not good. And this isn't God. And I, and I turned around. I just, I struggled. I, and I just went and I, I just sat on the floor in my dorm and I put my head on, on my knees and I just tried to like stop, stop, 
you know, the negative thinking and, and, and really like just stop it from coming in and trying to think of something better. And I'm trying to go through it and it just, I don't really believe the good things I'm saying. I, I really yearn to go to take and embrace those negative thoughts. Finally, I get up, I walk around the dorm, and I go upstairs, and maybe it was like two in the morning. I just, I just, just go to sleep in my bed, and I get up the next day, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I did it. I, I made it through. And from then on, I said, man, Dave, recognize the voice. Recognize this is not of God. This is meant for your harm. This is meant to undermine and destroy what God has for you, which was this right here. Don't go. Fight, battle, resist it. Resist it. Resist those thoughts. Flee from those thoughts because that is the thief. That is the robber. It is not of God. And we, and we might be different because I have those thoughts every single day. I probably have them every single hour of every single day. Truly, there are times my wife says to me, so what do you think? And I'm like, just don't, don't, don't. Can't, can't go there right now. And then sometimes I do, and she's like, she just sits here with her sweet, like, you know, trying to be encouraging. And I know she's thinking, God, what's wrong with this guy? Like, how does that even happen? Now, my father-in-law is much to the point. He'll just be like, like, why did you even do that? Or like, what the heck is wrong with you? I don't even know how you could even say that, you know? That's the relationship we have. That's another story. Um, look, I want to hear the voice of my shepherd. And he says to me, come on in into the presence of God, Dave. And let's go on out together and follow me, yes? The door is all about relationship. It's where we hear and trust the voice of our shepherd. So, verses, John chapter 10, verse, John chapter 10 verses 7 through 10, we'll close this out. So, Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And all who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So now we have the contrast between the stranger, the thief, the robber, and Jesus, the I am. Jesus says, all who came before me were thieves, robbers. They were all false prophets. They were false leaders. They were and they still are. Anything that tries to drag you away from the things of God is a thief and a robber, a schemer, trickery, looking to literally bring destruction, violence to, to what God has for you. Any voice, anything that's coming into your head that is not of God, that doesn't honor God, it's robbing you. At the very least, it's, it, it's distracting you from what God has sent and it's undermining what God would have. It's trying to bring you to a place to isolate you, to desensitize you to what God is saying to you. And the goal is to kill, to steal, and to destroy what God has for you. That's an option you have. That's what you could do. But the door, the door Jesus offers salvation, fulfillment, and abundance, right? Jesus offers salvation, fulfillment, and abundance. So on one hand, you have Forces that are calling you that truly want to bring destruction, rob from you, kill you, meaning send you to a place of everlasting damnation. And on the other side, with Christ Jesus, you have salvation, fulfillment, and abundance. 
In verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he, he, will, he will be saved. That word saved means salvation. You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ for an eternity of salvation, right? You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ to take you away from an eternity of destruction. Jesus said in verse 9 that that person will have, will go in and out and have pasture. That word pasture speaks to fulfillment. Every, everything a, a sheep needed was found in pasture. Nourishment, rest, protection. Jesus is all we need to flourish. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus said, I am the door. Come in into the presence of God. Come out and let me lead you. Come in for salvation. Let's go out together for fulfillment, huh? And in verse 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they, you, me, may have abundant life. Look, Jesus says, don't go the way of the thief and the robber. They want to destroy your relationships. They want to suck the life out of your relationship. Too many of you, are literally day by day, are having the life sucked and drained out of your relationships. You are. You're going through motions. You're tolerating. You're, you're in somewhat of an admirable way, keeping it together as best you can, but you're not getting from the relationship what God intended. Relationship. He's a, he's a God of relationship. And that's because of the thief and the robber. And Jesus says, you know, I'm here to give you abundant life right now. For right now, for tomorrow, and for eternity. Abundant life. In, and it begins with God's presence. Enjoying all that God is. Again, enjoying God. That vertical relationship so that now you can function wonderfully in your lateral relationships. So you got two options today. You're going to go with the thief and the robber, or Jesus the door, who wants to save you, bring you fulfillment, and give you abundant life. Today, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Walk through the door. It is open. It is here. It is right now. God brought you in here today. He began it in you. He's awakened you of your need for him. He has made you in a way that you would be sensitive to him. It's there. Listen to that voice. It's a beautiful voice. It's a voice of life. Decide today, I'm going to walk through the door. I want to know God. I want to be in relationship with God. Turn to God. Thank him for the forgiveness that you have in Jesus. Man, you know, you know, I, I know I'm a Christian because I had that experience. I had that moment when I walked through the door. I had that moment where I felt the presence of God. But maybe when I walked out, maybe I have not allowed Jesus to lead me. Maybe I've been moving this along as best as I know how. Maybe I've been listening to those voices of regrets of the past, of this and that. Maybe I'm going that way. No more. It ends right now. As of right now, I'm walking out that door with Jesus leading me. And I know I'm saved. I know I'm being fulfilled. And I know I'm going to have abundant life. Yes? To God be the glory.